Welcome to episode 205 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Today's episode is sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the tastiest way to disguise your tiredness and make you believe that you have the energy to attempt things when we both know that you don't. Uh, Whoop are also sponsoring the show. Whoop is a recovery coach. You wear it. It tells you how you sleep, how you train, how you recover, and what's best for you. As in, whoop, I ate ice cream. Whoop, I trained too hard. Whoop, I didn't get to sleep enough. Uh, Whoop, I wasn't prepared for this level of feedback. Whoop, I guess I got better. Um, You can go to join whoop.com forward slash cpw to um, get in on the action and that will get you a free 4.0 and a discount as well it gives you a free month um, so a bit of money off there and it like just makes them see me as useful which is also handy um, and if you already have a whoop or you're a whoop member you can go to the little uh, picture of the group at the bottom of the app when you have the app open and if you click join community and then use the code com hyphen cpw365 you can join um our little community that we've got building there and you can join people like andrea larkin who had an average recovery of 86 percent um or sammy who had an average strain of 17 or this can't be right ethan e who had an average sleep performance of 99 percent what she in a coma um anyway you can join them and compare yourself um to yourself or to other people uh rad are also on board with their phenomenal shoes and upcoming clothing line as well i think um i got my first pair last week i've worn them to work i've done double unders in them box jumps running wall walls chasing slowing around all sorts of stuff uh zero complaints absolutely love them endless comfort good for the gym or i don't know funeral or whatever um the hybrid academy are offering you a discount if you go to the hybridacademy.store and you use the code pod 10 um, you can go to my instagram if you want to see me sporting their delightful oversized range in a quite frankly hilarious reel um, that i need you to validate for me so if you just go and like it that would be great uh burrowbox coach development are uh, rounding off our sponsor segment nathan and justin have built frankly an incredible course to help you become the best possible coach um that you can be by thinking about how and why you do the things that you do and how you can do them better uh burrowboxcoachdevelopment.com and pods is your discount there that's probably too genuine i need to put in something stupid there because i always do with nathan um nathan said he'll pick one person who does the course and give them his house in france for a month um he didn't do that but you know he probably doesn't listen so he might forget that he didn't do it and you could convince him anyway uh today's guest is christoph horvath uh christoph is headed for semi-finals in london at strength and depth we chat about everything from pricey toast to watching his sister and girlfriend juke it out in the netherlands as well as coaching and training philosophies enjoy listen share and tag thanks for doing this um first of all i really appreciate the, taking the time out um when I finished up with uh, interviewing Gabby a couple of weeks ago, I said like, oh, I'm actually interviewing uh, Christoph in a couple of weeks. And I was like, so I can get his side of the story. Um, so it's exciting to talk to you. You're kind of someone that I've seen you around and I've seen you, I kind of follow the program closely enough as in I keep an eye on it because I've had John on and I kind of enjoyed his company. So I kind of, I keep an eye on, who's there and stuff, I suppose. And just like, we'll get onto it later on, but there's a pretty incredible community being built out there. Um, but most recently, when I was interviewing Gabby, actually, I asked her because you were at home when I was talking to her and 
you put up a, a story in a coffee shop or it was like a roastery or something in Hungary um like yeah. two or three days in a row um so when I was interviewing Josie he was saying that he meets you and Gabby for coffee kind of regularly enough when he's on the island so is, is coffee like a big thing for you then no no <laughs> I drink coffee when I when I uh, you know like in the morning and then like maybe before training or something I have people around me, including my girlfriend and a couple others who are really uh, anal about their coffee. You can say that, right? And then they're just like, oh, this flat white is like, it's not the right temperature or like um, too much milk. I don't like this barista. I don't like that barista. When we go to the States and we get that like big cup of brown water or something, I, I really don't care. You know, it's just like, I actually feel like... <sighs> This is going to be something I ask you to cut out. But like, uh, I mean, like getting a flat white at like a hipster place and then playing, paying like four euros for a cup of coffee, like that hurts my feelings. Like, I'm just like, I go there for the company and then uh, hopefully we have some good food as well. But, uh, but honestly, I don't really, I, I can enjoy, I guess, a good cup of coffee, but at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it. What would be, if you're going for food, if you're having, say if you're going to a cafe and you're having food or like a, like maybe a treat or whatever, what would be your go-to? What would be like, are you like donuts or what, what are you into? Yeah. So I think I'm more like a, a salty person in that regard. So I'm Persona- really personality food. wise or just taste, no, of, food? No, no, no. taste, of, <laughs> taste of food. Yeah. So, um, there's a so lot you, of, you rather like savory. Yeah, so it's like a lot of like these hipster coffees on the island, you know, and it's becoming huge and tourists are coming and everyone enjoys it. And then I just know the places where I like to go. First of all, I think it's it's important that um, the service is, uh, they get to know you after a while, you know, yeah. just like a friendly face because there's so many tourists are coming in. I, re- I still like it when they appreciate the local uh, customers. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is like, how big are the portions? Because at the end of the day, doesn't matter which coffee place to go you go to on this island it's gonna look different but it's gonna be a piece of toast bread with like an avocado on it you know and then and then if it's just one slice of bread uh, you won't see me back there again you know at least two slices how and how much would you pay for how much would you be willing to part with for two slices of i assume sourdough because it's always sourdough (laughs) (laughs) it's always it's always the same yeah it's actually they have these uh, it's called like a longuette here i don't know if it's a spanish thing or something that they have somewhere else it's more like uh more like a piece of baguette okay yeah 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 and then i usually maybe there's avocado in it or something they have like um how to call this like grilled onions and caramelized onions and i always ask for an extra poached egg you know if they charge you like 250 extra for a poached egg you're like come on like that is daylight robbery so as long as i can go and i can get um like like a glass of water like sparkling water a coffee flat white whatever and then like two two pieces of toast bread with a little bit of avocado on it or like a long get for like just under 10 euros yeah okay 10 euros i can live with that that's fine that's yeah, fine. that's fair. But that's fair. Most of the time, you know, it's the uh, it's the chairs, man. They're so tiny and so uncomfortable. It's just not inviting to sit there. So that's also another factor. And it sounds is, like I have like 
no, these are like I, millennial problems or no, something. No, I, I, I absolutely know, agree because <laughs> it's like <clears throat> there's some coffee shops where you like so there's a coffee shop I go to and it like it basically doesn't have a table like you, you kind of walk in and there's like a you know like a what do you call it like a glass case with like you know brownies and all that kind of stuff in it but you basically there's a chair and it's like yeah. you know you're kind of like well I'm not going to sit in that because what if someone like it'll just look weird what if someone else comes and sits in it or wants to or whatever so it's just I always just get it to go or I might stand talking to the guys and then go but there's other places around there's one place and they have like school chairs like old-fashioned you know the desk that like opens up and there's like what and it's like that was fucking designed to be uncomfortable like that was designed to keep you sitting upright and like you know basically like needles in your arse so that you pay attention to what was going on why would you pick that as your chair of choice and it's like i get it it's like oh it's like hipster and retro or whatever but it's just a shit chair like you could, there are other more comfortable shit. Like, have you ever seen the chairs in like Mad Men? You know where they have those like kind of recliner brown. <laughs> that's a hipster chair, and it's comfortable. You know, like you don't uh, have to be like to be a hipster is, is you're not a masochist. You don't have to self punish yourself to, with a shit chair. Um, but yeah, I agree with most of what you said. Like, I vehemently disagree with all of the coffee things you said, but I agree with everything else you said. Where it's it's always it's always sourdough. Or like, yeah, and it's always avocado and it's always, the egg is always poached as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think any good, obviously part of being a barista is making good coffee, but I think getting to know the people coming in is like, it's nice walking in somewhere and the person just starts making what they know you want instead of like, you know, the annoying small talk and, you know, and what do you want or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I pay. I'd pay seven, eight euro if it was a good coffee. If if I knew it was going to be really good. I've gone into <laughs> places before though and I'd never not pay just because it's like I've asked for it, they've made it, whatever. But I've gone into places and like just left it behind. Because <laughs> I'd be like, Oh really? This is shit. Like this is this is really shit coffee. And I won't say okay. anything, but I'd be like, it's a passive aggressive way of me saying you need to learn how to make coffee is just to leave it behind. Cause in my head, they'll come over to it and be like, Oh, he forgot his coffee, which is like, then, then they'll realize like, no, wait, he can't have forgotten his coffee. Cause that's the only thing he oh, can okay. in for. So that'd be weird. So then they'd be like, Oh fuck. He left this behind as a statement. I'm going to train myself to be better at my job. <laughs> Whereas in reality, what they probably do is that fucking idiot forgot his coffee and throw it in the bin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In my head, it's better. It's a better story. Um, you know, it's, it's more the experience, I think. Like mm. you go to a place that you enjoy with friends um, or with your spouse, and then you have a good time. But yeah, that place is it forty two or something in Hungary. That yeah, you're... is that? Do you know the people that run that? Or yeah, it's actually the owner, the one of the co-owners. They, they he goes over to Glasshouse for Lauro trains. So you have a good relationship okay. with Glasshouse, and uh, and he he's a regular member there. And then the coffee roaster is like like sort of like neighbors. They're very okay. close, and they're they're actually how do you call it? like an academy there for baristas. Oh, so it's their main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they, they cool. do roast their own coffees, and but they also train baristas. And... That's cool. Um, how long have you lived in Mallorca? Yeah, so officially it's been over two years, and then 
since we have like a permanent place an apartment and then before that we were sort of on and off for like half a year and because just picking up on something you said earlier on you said it's important even when there's a lot of tourists that they acknowledge the locals do you consider yourself a local then is this like do you live there full time is that what you'd say yeah you think it's quite funny um from many aspects obviously with covid it was like a huge hit for the island and then a place that lives off of most of tourism is not great for the locals and for the local businesses but for us uh post lockdown was sort of like heaven you know because the we can get into it but we don't need to i'm not really a fan of going to the beaches but anyways if you want to go to a beach you could go there without anybody being there you can mm. walk down the street uh it's just like three to four it's rather four months a year it's 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 a madhouse here they yeah. have i don't want to butcher the numbers but i believe that around half a million people live on this island and in in just a summer turnaround is three million people that are visiting this island so yeah. you can just imagine it's, it's not that big of a place and then most mm. people around the center of palma and it's just uh madness yeah why do you not like going to the beach <laughs> I'm get so much shit for this. I don't particularly um, like it either, though. It's yeah, just like it's the, if there's a if there's a choice between going to a swimming pool or going to a beach, I'll pick the swimming pool because it's like I'm not going to get dirty, I'm not going to get sand everywhere, I'm not going to like need to clean everything I own and myself like excessively when I go home or there's not going to be sand in my fucking car like that's like <laughs> worst material to take sand off a fuzzy carpet in a car or a seat yeah, yeah. no let's just let's just stick to like uh I think number one is the heat and it sounds funny when someone says that who lives in Mallorca <laughs> where it can get really 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 hot but most part of the year is just warm enough that the training environment is perfect but there are three months of the year two and a half months of the year when it's like unbearable hot outside mm. and it's just as an athlete if you go to the beach i think spending a rest day or even an afternoon under the sun it can feel more draining than, than like a full training session i remember i was at i was at the games in 2019 as a spectator just in case you thought mm. i qualified um but there was uh it was whoop had just came on the scene and I didn't know what it was, but there was a guy in front of me wearing one and he was in his app and it was like, mm. it was fucking intensely hot, like in Madison, like it was really, really hot. And we were sitting on like steel bleachers. So that was hot and yeah, there was just no escaping it. Like, and he goes, he said like, it was at about maybe two o'clock and he goes, my strain is 16. And I didn't know mm. what that meant, but now I do. Like I now I know and how hard it is. He was just spectating all day, probably. He was like, "It's just the heat. It's just sitting yeah. out here." Like I haven't. He was like, "I haven't done anything. I didn't like my recovery was like way up in the green. Like I didn't do anything mm. strenuous today. I didn't work out. Didn't do. Anything. It's just sitting here in the heat." So yeah, I, I take. I think, yeah, as an athlete going to the beach is probably an awful thing to do for your recovery day because it's just gonna yeah. like you're just you're trying to cool yourself. Like your body's under pressure the whole time you're there, trying to cool yourself down and trying to. You can't, it might feel like you're relaxing, I suppose, but you can't relax. And like all those, you know, like eight sleep and all those kind of optimal sleep things that are out there or all the advice that's out there is like, stay cool, like, you know, cool, a cool environment, whatever. So if you're going for a nap, a beach is probably one of the worst places you can go, bar like the sun. 
hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the I guess main reason you're in, or the reason that you're in Mallorca and moved to Mallorca was John, I suppose, in the program. How how did you? Well, how did you get into CrossFit first? How did I get into CrossFit? Yeah. Long story short, I was a chubby kid at high school, unpopular with the girls, wanted to get in shape, went to the gym for a little bit, you know, just like bodybuilding stuff. And then at a the time, 2013, the regionals was on Eurosport. And then I was like, oh, this looks cool. And then just hit up CrossFit.com and then try a couple of workouts. You know, a similar story to others, I guess. You just do a workout. You get your ass handed to you and then okay this was horrible but fun at the same time and then we started to work out at home our parents on a climbing call it's in a big um, facility with a lot of uh, options to do mm -hmm. all kind of sports and we started doing there you know fill the backyard with like big tires but i did a pull-up bar to the garage ceiling and then just started to work out there and then slowly we found the closest gym that is to us uh, with my sister. We lived at home at the time, both at home at the time. And then that was Reebok CrossFit Duna. It was like over an hour away from our house. And then they were kind enough in the beginning to let us go a couple times a week. And then eventually uh, we became regulars there. And like, is there, was there a point in time where you remember thinking like, oh, I'm actually like, I'm pretty good at this. Not in the beginning, for sure. And even now, <laughs> I don't think that way. I don't think that way. I don't think so. It didn't come easy uh, for me. You know, I didn't have that like uh, gymnastics background or track athlete background. Or we grew up uh, in a very fortunate uh, uh, household that we were able to play a lot of different sports. But there was nothing like that was for my sister climbing that outside on breathing that really generates, uh, I mean, really transferred to CrossFit that much. Mm -hmm. You can argue the grip strength, but it's like we're not, or I am not coming from, from a sport that would cater later on for CrossFit. So it was like, yeah, just learning everything. Do you think, have you, have you had to like, what height are you? Height? Yeah. 190 centimeters so that's like six foot one no. six, six two six two have you had six, six one or six two yeah i don't know i'm 183 and i'm i think i'm six foot so mm. it must it can't be that far off that um do you think you've had to kind of fight against that a bit because that's obviously that's not the archetypal body uh, like type of a elite level crossfitter like i think it's a great question um when it comes to my size, and I'm also like 103 kilos, like 225 pounds. So for a long time, I wasn't acknowledging my height and my my weight as a strength. But as a tall athlete, I was trying to uh, move and behave like a small athlete. And I think for many, many years, this was actually hindering my growth. And instead of taking advantage of my genetic gifts, you know, uh, I looked at it as something negative instead of something positive. And this is what I'm trying to put into perspective now and actually be proud and use what I have uh, instead of looking at it as a disadvantage, sort of. What do, you, what do you think, obviously, like, rower and wall balls, but what else do you think are the advantages to being tall and on the heavier side? Yeah, I think 
there are a lot of advantages when it comes to weightlifting. You know, it's like one of those things. I used to watch like the Chinese weightlifters, or I used to watch like the 86 kilo categories. I have nothing in common with that guys. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. So even when it comes to CrossFit in the beginning, I, I used to watch, I think everyone else, a lot of video. And then me trying to compare my trusters to Frasers. There's obviously pointers that you can take away, but I literally moved the bar at twice the range of motion as he does. So it's like different limb lengths, different heights. I have to, I think once you uh, emerge yourself into CrossFit and try to apply to, to your body and, and your height and your strengths, I think you can find certain things that you can do, not better necessarily, but to your advantage as a taller athlete, so as a shorter athlete. You know, like the shorter guys, they'll always be like, oh, I have to hammer the rower because uh, I'm just not going to be good at rowing or like bigger guys can beat me. But they always think that they have the, like, the burpee advantage or like a pull-up advantage or something like that. And, you know, in my mind as well, as long as I can keep up on like, or it's just like stay close on like burpees and like pull-ups and muscle-ups to the shorter guys, I know I'm going to get them on the road. I know I'm going to get them on weightlifting and wall balls. And there's a lot of things, you know, running. I have a long size of a horse, you know what I mean? So uh, I think when it comes to conditioning as well, I can build a, bit, a bigger, a better base as well. So it's just instead of looking at it as a disadvantage, you want to look at it as how can I turn this into my strength? It's kind of like that, um, you know, like outrun the outlift the runners and outrun the lifters it's kind of like out row and wall ball the short guys and out gymnastic and everything else the other big guys like that's that's basically what you want to do is to lessen the gap where there should be a gap or where there's expected to be mm. a gap and increase the gap on your peers we'll say like body type wise and then dominate all of the shorter athletes when it comes to like a big guy workout i suppose yeah and I think it's also a, a dangerous mentality because you can you can look at your height and your build as an excuse. And then when you see a workout, just like 30 ring muscle-ups for time, you already know in your mind, or like your subconscious will tell you, you're already lost. You know, when that guy is doing 30 and broken, you're like, oh, you just see him in the warm-up area and you're like, this guy is going to crush this when I have no chance. And how can you go into a competition thinking yeah. that, you know, you don't have a chance? And you mentioned there, like Fraser, that there's that you don't, you know, like that there's there's such a discrepancy, I suppose, between your body types and stuff that it's hard to. Be. Do you watch like? Would you look at people like say Fakowski or big taller people and think like, okay, well here here is actually some transferable stuff. Like, would you would you pay attention to other stuff like that, or do you think you're in it long enough now that you just don't really bother looking at other people anymore? One hundred percent. Like I was always going to look like Brent, easy, uh, Tommy Huckenbrook back in the day. Even Jason Khalif is a shorter guy, but he got pretty long limbs. And when it comes mm. to weightlifting, you want to look at the uh, like the heavier category, like Lasha, for example. You know, it's uh, long torso, long limbs. Uh, you want to try to learn from those guys that are similar to you. And then you still pay attention to the shorter ones because you can find this or that mm. there, what they're doing well, why couldn't I do that one as well? But there are certain things that aren't applicable and there are certain things that are applicable. Mm. Um, your English is incredible. Did you, did, did, like, did you, was English spoken at home or is that from school? Oh, you're flattering me. Um, my mom was pretty big on learning a second language. So okay. I was sent, or it was like a student exchange program. I, 
I was I lived in the States for six months when I was in the ages of 13 and 14, when they okay. were speaking, no English whatsoever. It was just like, my name is Christoph. It's nice to meet you. And then my sister lived one year in Austria. And then I guess it was just always important for my mom to learn a second language. So where did then, you live in America? And Washington, D.C., actually. And is that... Yeah like with family like had you relations there or like a pen pal or what yeah yeah something like that like my mom found them online and then you know exchange imagine imagine you suggested that in 2022 imagine imagine someone imagine someone's mother saying like i found this person online and i'm gonna send you (laughs) to live with them you just be like no (laughs) it just wouldn't happen it's gas is that so funny Um, one of the things i think that held love for both of us is uh the first year maybe started about crossfit duna it was um it's still owned by uh by a danish danish guy Klaus, and that was an only english speaking uh speaking crossfit box in budapest so a lot of exchange students yeah you were like um i've heard about roman krenikov like that he only speaks in crossfit terminology like he understands like imam amrap like deadlift yeah. he understands all that and like conversation just <laughs> nothing like yeah. yeah um so how did you how did you wind up working with john then great question uh so when we came, when i came to the island first uh, i was a bit gabby uh just for a holiday to see a friend a, a common friend um a mutual friend, sorry. Uh, I met with John here, and um, he's always like, oh, on Saturday we do this workout. It's like mash. It's like mm. multiple workouts in a row. And it's always like whenever someone comes, it's like, you guys should definitely join the mash. And then for a couple of weeks, we could get out of it, and then eventually we join the mash. And then slowly we just started to interact. And... Um, and then we started to form a friendship first and anything else. And then it naturally evolved into like a, a coach's athlete role. I think he, the way he sees, maybe this was the biggest catch for me, the way he sees movement, first of all, I think it's very unique compared to other coaches in the space. I'm not even comparing, but I never seen it before. So that was the first thing that really caught my attention. And we started to work slowly. He's also a, Maybe I'm gonna butcher this one. He's an osteopath. He's a, he's a, yeah, a PT. So he understands the body very well. And then um, I think that was the first thing that really stood out. And then slowly we started to join in. And uh, at a time I was on a different programming. It was on different programming, and then it just slowly naturally evolved. Like there was no, he was never pushy. We never really asked. And then slowly turned into like the relationship that what it is today like when was this when did you when did you visit the island what year was that it was before the 2019 games that was a country champion year no yeah yeah so it was yeah and when when did you start dating gabby then when was that was that before the regionals she was at regionals yes. 2018 wasn't she yeah so we're coming up <laughs> three years now so it was okay it was around that time as well, like a little before. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's cool. Um, how did you guys meet through CrossFit? Yeah, it's um, it's not a very romantic story, but I think it's many stories are starting like this today. It's just through Instagram. 
Oh, okay. I was, I, was, I was hoping you like locked eyes over a chalk bucket or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like both of you grabbed the same rope at the same time. I was just like, I was just like relentless with my DMs, you know, until <laughs> uh, she finally actually came over first to help us with like a team qualifier. So okay. we just got to know each other a little bit. And then after that, uh, yeah, just stayed relentless with, with the messages. And then I don't <laughs> It was either going to end up in a relationship or being blocked and reported. One yeah. or the other. <laughs> she wasn't as famous at a time, so uh, it was easier then. Um, you're, you coach with the program as well, don't you? Yeah. And I'm always curious when there's an athlete who like has, you know, competitive aspirations themselves and obviously has a lot to focus on and a lot to do and a lot to think about. Like, is it hard to balance um, We'll say even like if we just look at the list of things, okay, presumably you have like family obligations, like you need to, you know, ring your mom or, you know, talk to your dad or whatever. Then you've got like Gabby and you obviously have to invest time in a relationship because it's a relationship um, and because you want to, et cetera, obviously. Um, then you have like, you know, your training stuff you have to do for that like you don't want to fall behind in anything you need to keep stuff up then you've also got like sponsors and you've got obligations with sponsors and you've got like thing you know posts you need to make or places you need to be or go or whatever and then you've got coaching as well and you're obviously working with athletes yourself like how do you compartmentalize all those different things like do you have a different like say do you do all your programming on a sunday and then like not think about it again until the following sunday like how do you work that out yeah, so I think it's, um, I like to look at it as I have different caps, you know, and once one cap is on, let's say the athlete cap, I'm in the athlete mode, and then I put my phone on airplane mode, and then I just focus on training. Mm-hmm. And the same goes when it comes to when it comes to online programming and then checking with my clients. There are certain times during the week and certain hours. I think the reason why the online coaching suits me very well is because uh, I can do it once training is over or between sessions. And mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to be able through the program to work with athletes. They're also not just incredible, but also easy to work with. And um, I think I can balance my t- time well enough. And instead of looking at it as a distraction, I also look at how can I learn in other aspects of my life, if you will, you know, train or, or competing will not last forever. I want to make sure that I educate myself as well. And I think there's a lot of a lot of things that I learned throughout my career and continue learning and learn from John as well that um, I can pass on and help other athletes uh, to be better themselves. Hmm. Um, you were one of the, well, you were the first hype machine athlete announced from, yeah. from Josie. You were one of the first like custom-made uh athletes like sponsored athletes and i was like that has to feel good like it has to feel good that like you know craig and jazz put trust in you and like you know have an eye on you as someone that's because obviously you're useful to them as well like they obviously see something in you that they obviously see characteristics and stuff and same with josie like they obviously see characteristics that they admire and that resonate with their you know their brand or what they're trying to do or whatever but like you're obviously valuable as well because they wouldn't, even if they liked you, they're not going to work with you if they're like, yeah, he's probably not going to bring anything to the table. So like, it's, it's obviously, it must be a nice like pat on the back of like, you're doing the right thing. I appreciate that. Um, you know, for me, um, in the sport and it goes to all the brands I work with, 
I think the sport is so small and it, it doesn't go against agents. And I'm obviously working with Josie and he's my agent. I'm working with Hive Machine. But um, I think you cannot put a, um, the word I'm looking for, I think friendship comes first always. That's what I'm trying to say. That if you have a strong connection with the brand and the, and the people behind it, most importantly, I think they will maybe see value in you. But I always value the personal connection before mm-hmm. looking at, you know, how much money I can get out of this brand. Or even sometimes above the products. Obviously, all the brands that I surround myself with, I do believe and I use the product daily or as often as I can and, and want to. But it was always the, the personal relationships with the brands that, that was number one for me. Yeah, it's a cool t-shirt. I like that, actually. I like the little sleeve, um, little sleeve logo. It's cool. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, um, actually, so uh, Laura's documentary with Barnaby came out there with the Fit Aid thing, came out like maybe a month ago. And what like was that weird? Was it weird uh seeing your house like on film? Like that must be kind of jarring, is it? Yeah, it's, I think it was incredible to see Laura how vulnerability is maybe not the right word, but I, I found it at least maybe it's just me very intimate the whole oh thing. no that was a i've I never i've seen a lot of stuff with her and i've never seen her like that like that was yeah yeah he really tapped into something i think i think so barnaby is a great guy and obviously mm. he's he's a magician behind a camera but it was very intimate to see all that and my dad is like as well it's like uh i love him but he's like this square hungarian guy a little bit you know <laughs> is that him is that him that's at the track with the stopwatch yeah. and is he yeah. like so is he a coach does he do like athletics or something as well because like he's like either he put on a really good show or he knows what he's talking about holding the stopwatch no 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 so both my parents are PE teachers and they have a long history in in track and field as well yeah uh so they my dad was on the national team for a couple of years uh running yeah so he knows what he's talking about for sure yeah that's cool um so obviously like you know uh laura and gabby are both like a big part of your life and they're both doing really well and they've both had a big a big 2021 and a big off season as well and i was curious like so i want to talk to you for a while because and i said this when i was talking to gabby that you you appear to be someone who's very like intelligent and like See, like ha, I know you've mentioned there that you have aspirations to do coaching and like it's the type it seems on the face of it anyway it seems like the type of coaching where like similar to John I suppose where like you actually give a shit and you're actually interested in like developing coaching practices rather than just being like yeah yeah whatever it's Monday just do back squats like you actually care about you know the the what am I looking for? Like the kind of education side of coaching that it's not that you want to like empower people that you're, that are working with you rather than just like, I'll just tell you what to do and you just do it. Like, what's the problem? Do you know, like that you actually have kind of like a, a vision approach to it or whatever. Um, so you're obviously off the back of that. I worked out like, okay, well he's obviously considered and he's obviously like, you know, you've said a few things already in the interview where 
you seem like in touch with your emotions and you seem in touch with your own growth and like you know I feel like things probably don't pass you by unnoticed like that you take a lot in so I was curious then when your sister and your partner or girlfriend or spouse whatever are like currently two of the most successful female CrossFit athletes out there is that like obviously you're thrilled for them and you're happy for them and everything else but is that something that you ever have to wrestle with because I suppose the two of them cast such a big shadow that it's hard it can be hard to not be seen as Laura's brother or Gabby's boyfriend like is that ever something that you've had to think about uh, there are many great things that you touched on there so first and foremost I'm not a coach for any of those girls right I am there and I support them and then obviously it's a very very tricky scenario when they're at the same comp mm. and funny enough both Laura and Gabby um, has very similar strengths as well you know so it's like when there's a clean and jerk one rep max they're gonna be like a couple kilos next to each other like similar workouts as well um i would like to believe that i'm not just saying this but it is true that if my sister if with gabby would change their career tomorrow i would support them the same way and regardless my brother plays a guitar he's a fantastic jazz guitar play, player and then whenever he has a show i try to go when i'm home as well and then support him the same way so i think it just comes down to like how important families in your life and for me family is the most important thing in my life and um it was never a pro- i never felt like they were casting a shadow over me you know mm. what i mean like i love my sister i love gabby like the better they do the happier they are at the end of the day the happier i am and uh you know it it it, it never mattered to me where they finish really on the podium it's not the podium but i want to see them succeed in in all aspects of life you know we're just like CrossFit is the one that is on display, but, um, you know, I have very little, um, financial knowledge, but if I can help, uh, them there, uh, mm. I will help them there. Or if there's a, with my sister, there's a relationship thing and we talk about it and I can help. I try to apply the same, um, just helping mentality, I guess, or have a conversation about it. But, uh, no, you know, like, um, it, it's funny because it's sort of like a running joke around here as well. Like, who's this guy? Well, he's Laura's brother or he's like Gabby's boyfriend. And I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? Like, there is time, there are times when I am there uh, to support them. And there are times when I am there for myself and I'm, I'm trying to carve my way through. But the two are, are not whatsoever, you know, uh, conflicting or against yeah. one another. I guess we just have to, I mean, they're both incredible athletes so i assume it won't happen but we just have to hope that in lowlands they're not both in like fifth and sixth going into the final event or something because like i don't think so <laughs> yeah that'd be that'd be a rough you just but be like yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna go outside for this last event i'll let yeah, me know what happens yeah. i try um, not to watch you know i i try to stay in a warm-up area and if there's like a tv screen or something i'll watch it there but i i i feel like i'm I'm too emotionally invested in mm. seeing them happy that it, it, it's hard to see that. And I never want to find myself in a scenario when I root uh, for one more than the other one. Mm. So when it's like go time, I just take a step back and let them figure it out. Um, is, so is this the best case scenario for you then, you being in London and them being in 
lowlands and like that you're able to like I suppose focus on them and then focus on yourself separately or would it be better if you were all at the same event and you could you didn't even have to worry about like oh god I hope they do okay because you could just focus on yourself yeah so we're actually going to try something new this is going to be the first event since I've been together with Gav that I'm I won't be there uh in person uh similar for low right you know every games every like major comp so I won't be there this time uh I think it's uh is the best at the end of the day um in is terms that just of, like, of the, the time it'll take and how you'd lose a bit of training and that kind of stuff is it yeah yeah so uh, i think for gabby it is important as a as her personal growth as an athlete to be there with her coach and her like coaching stuff and i'll be you know just like a phone call away or something mm. uh, and this year i am trying to prioritize myself when it comes to crossfit so I'm going to continue to do that uh, this season and I want to focus on, on strength in depth, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was looking at the field. I was actually interviewing uh, PD Savage this morning who he's he's going okay. to strength in depth as well. And he was saying that, kind of similar to what you were saying, like it, it was actually his coach said to him, he was thinking of going like all in for the year and like, you know, mm. taking time off work and just just training and his his coach worked up like worked up a spreadsheet of why he shouldn't do that so he was like basically okay. the long and short of it was is uh was is the long and short of it is he said that you're too old you're too tall and you're too heavy was basically what like the the data that he had so he was like you're heavier than x percent of your field you're taller than x percent of your field and you're older than x percent of your field so he's like going all in he's like you know like is it is it going to be worth your while going all in like he was questioning the he was kind of playing devil's advocate he was just giving him you know like food oh, for he thought. should he should fire that guy no well he was he Seriously, was saying that it was that? He, he was like it's exactly what i needed because it made me actually stop and think and then be, he was like as soon as i told him no this is what i want he was like he couldn't have been more supportive like you know he was just playing devil's okay. advocate being like okay, I, he, I think his point was i don't want to get to october and you turn around mm. and be like fuck this is a mistake i quit Do you know like he was like you need to make sure that if you're making this decision you're aware of all of the downsides okay. that you face instead of just being like everything okay. is rosy and it's brilliant um but i knew that he was like trying to lean out and he's similar to you he's tall like he's really tall he's built like a brick shit house he's like over 100 kilos as well <laughs> um and he's been trying to lean out but then obviously you have concerns over like you're saying you have those workouts that are a strength and you're like well if i lean out too much will that not be a strength anymore like will i start to level like will i start to bring that down a little bit and is it worth the payoff of bringing other things up um, i think that's not a good approach but he but he was saying that we'll come back to that but he was saying that um yeah. he's on the heavier side on the taller side and I knew that we were, it was going to come up in conversation. So I looked up the field in strength and depth. You are all fucking massive. So there's like, you know, you're big, like in every sense. That made it sound like I was talking about your penis. I mean, like height and weight. <laughs> <laughs> like Zach George is there. Another like huge guy. PD is there. Big guy. Heiner Kapalainen, monster. Andre Hude, another big guy. Like, Obviously, I assume you don't 
look at the leaderboard and say, I can beat this guy. I can beat, you know, like I assume you don't do that. I assume you don't look at it in that kind of way. But like, does it give you any kind of um, maybe concern, I suppose is the wrong word, but something along those lines of are my strengths going to be strong enough to be stronger than the other people who are the same, who ha- who would have historically have the same strengths that I would consider to be my strengths? Mm. I think it's a fantastic question. Um, I don't look at the other guys. You know, it's, I don't just have to be those five guys that you mentioned. There's mm. 25 other guys on the, mm. on the roster, you know. And if I just go into a, you know, there's a workout and then let's say something heavy, whatever. If I just look at like beating Andre and Andre's a fantastic guy. It's not against Andre, but just for an example's sake. If I just look at beating Andre and I do beat him, uh, but I didn't beat 20 other guys, you know, it's it's a very bad, uh, or in my mind, it's a wrong approach to competition. Mm. Like, I'm not looking at strength in that. Who do I have to beat? I'm looking at how can I maximize my own potential to do the best I can, regardless yeah. of the field, regardless of the guys that are there. Are they on the bigger and heavier side? Some of them, yes. But um, I try not to compare. Yeah. It's like when you said, I, I don't look, I was like, oh fuck am I after telling him everyone that's there and he was trying not to think about it because I had the no, same no, no, when, I, when I interviewed Fukowski I was about to ask him like I think his first open workout he finished like 3000 or something in the yeah, first one yeah. like, he bombed it <laughs> and I was about to ask him about it and he goes I still haven't looked at the open leaderboard I don't even know where I finished and I was like I could pull apart his whole season if I tell him that he finished no. 3000 <laughs> like if he was just like wait what I thought I did pretty good in that one um <laughs> So I like is would would strength and depth have been your preference or what were you would you have been satisfied once you were kind of not at the same event as Gabby and Laura or did you care like was it just I don't really care wherever I go I go at the end this is it is what it is and I'm very yeah. happy with strength in that I did compete there in 2019 had a great time you know uh, hustle is going to be there fit aid is going to be there a lot of my sponsors going to be there great people that I know mm. are going to be there so I'm, I'm just stoked to be you are going to be there i think it's going to be a great event you know uh it's going to be fun same with lowlands it's going to be it's going to be a good event um yeah it's cool yeah i'm like i think like like you say about the leaderboard no matter what was going to happen because like if you look at the lowlands one it's like the names aren't any smaller do you know what i mean like it's not as if there's people you've never heard of at the other event where you're like, oh, if I was at that one, I would have done great. You know, like it just is what it yeah. is, I suppose. You can't you can't really look at that that kind of way. Um I was curious as well, uh obviously like we're not talking about you retiring or anything, but like is is coaching you mentioned there that you're not going to be an athlete forever. Is coaching that is that where is that the hat you'll be putting on when you take off your athlete hat, do you think? Yeah. Unless uh Bitcoin goes as 10x <laughs> <laughs> you never know you, never know. <laughs> you know uh should have should have should have been more of a paying attention a computer class in high school more but uh <laughs> I, I i do love coaching i do love coaching what do you like about I it i think uh so most important i like the i like the in-person coaching that i do very little nowadays um it's just um i think you can 
it's impossible to compare a CrossFit class to any other um, experiences in your life. You know, um, it's it's such a rewarding thing to coach a class, and mm. it is fantastic to see the members come back, um, pay attention, get better. You can impact so many more lives so much deeper than through social media i believe that that's where the real change lies and i think it's very i think in today's crossfit it would be very important in my opinion to uh separate the competitive sides from the recreational sides a little bit mm. obviously there are um there are bridges that has to be kept but i think the affiliation side the affiliate side of things and the recreational side of things of crossfit is it's incredible it's incredible and it's one of the most rewarding experiences a person can have if you're if you're a coach within crossfit to coach a class and impact uh those members your members lives uh throughout classes it sounds like you might open a box someday would that be something that's on in the plans do you think maybe maybe <laughs> we'll see maybe um God, when you all retire, you'd have a pretty good coaching coaching staff. If you could convince like Laura and Gabby as well, that'd be like you'd yeah. have a lot of people coming to join that gym. <laughs> um, is it difficult with, uh, obviously you live on the island and you live there, like a large part of living there is because it's a great training environment and there's a great... <clears throat> a great group of athletes there and there's, you know, great facilities and it's nice weather, you know, it's just ideal training scenario, basically. Um, and then you coach online and you have clients and you have people that you have to work with. And then your sister's in the sport and your girlfriend's in the sport. Like, do, like, do you struggle to separate yourself from the sport? Like, or from like, competing like is it ever hard to just go home and like watch tv and not be like talking turning around to gabby and saying like you know i think tomorrow i might do the 21 unbroken and then you know like that kind of way Does, is it ever hard to just kind of stop thinking about it uh, that's a good question are, uh, are you familiar with mr beast on youtube no i know the kids that i teach talk about it but i don't know who he is oh uh, yeah uh, you should you should check his his channel out and you should check the interview out that he did with joe rogan and then what, what i'm trying to bring here is that i think crossfit uh, in the best way i would like to believe possible it's it is my life you know yeah. in, in all aspects i live in the bubble i i feel like to certain not to a certain degree i am hyper obsessed with crossfit you know I'm a fan of the sport. I do the sport. I have people around me within the sport and it doesn't feel draining at all because I do enjoy it. You know, I love talking about it. I like the coaches side, the athlete side. So all of it, you know, a little bit of gossip in there or something like that. Um, so when we come, when we come home, uh, we try to leave uh, the athlete life outside of our home, but we do talk about CrossFit sometimes. And, you know, my, it would be probably weird to meet someone who is not from the CrossFit bubble or doesn't know anything about CrossFit because this is what I know and this is what I'm interested about mm. and not many things from the outside world pierce through the bubble. Uh, so we're not going to talk about how we're going to break up tomorrow's workout with Gabby at home, but 
you know, then I then it's time for me to check in with my online clients or or just educate myself as a person. And we try maybe not to watch too many YouTube cross videos at home. But it's I never felt it distracting. You know, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I love to do. So I uh, I try to embrace it, and then it's it's a part of who I am. I guess mm. at this moment. Um, what what would a successful season look like for you then if you you've said that you're prioritizing yourself in crossfit um as things stand if you like when say if it's like whatever september what would you what would need to happen in the next few months for you to say like yeah 2022 went as well as i could have hoped nothing would need to happen the goal is the goal and um i'm excited about stepping into the gym every single day. I don't look at something as the end result. You know, I think if you're, uh, I actually heard this today. It's like a man who likes to walk. Uh, it was something like a man who likes to walk versus the man who looks forward to the destination will be able to enjoy the journey and walk mm. further than the, than the other one. And, uh, and I think, I, I actually listened to the Fikowski podcast with you and he said that he will know when he's a journeyman that he's not going to continue as a, as a competitive athlete. And But I think in a different kind of context, I am a journeyman in that sense that I enjoy my everyday life and I look forward to grow and be better both as an athlete, as a person, as a coach. So, so uh, but to answer that question, it's a long answer already. There is no an end goal that will satisfy me or unsatisfy me. Hmm. That's a good answer. Um, okay. Well, we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, so there's right. nothing, there's nothing, nothing abhorrent in it. I don't think. Um, so snatch or clean? Clean. Uh, ski or row? Row. Uh, coach or compete? <laughs> um, both. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's allowed. Uh, dumbbell or barbell? Barbell. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out. It's been great getting to know you. I kind of knew... I knew I was going to enjoy it. I knew I tried not to go into interviews with um, expectations because I either end up disappointed or like pissed off at how I did something or said something. But um, no, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it. I knew that I'd like your philosophies on things, I think, on coaching and competing and stuff. And I think it, there's a lot of stuff for people to take from that. I think. Um, I really look forward to seeing you in London and seeing how you get on. And I'm delighted for you that like just so many ducks seem to be coming into a row for you with sponsors and working with Josie and, you know, Gabby's doing really well, Laura's doing really well, the program's doing really well. So it's, it's great that everything's going so well. And I'm excited to see what you can do in competition and beyond it, wherever it takes you. So thanks again for coming on and I look forward to seeing the rest of your season. I really appreciate your time and having me on as well. It's been really a pleasure. Hopefully I didn't say anything stupid. And uh, I hope to get to meet you in person as well in London. So just because I'll be in the zone, please uh, go walk away or something. Just uh, No, yeah. I'll stand at the end of your lane 
in every workout perfect, and perfect. immediately backing you over when you're finished so just to really piss just you off <laughs> look eyes in the middle of like 21 trusters or something yeah it can be yeah. the meat cute that you didn't have with gabby we'll both reach for the same <laughs> piece of chocolate <laughs>